Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today as your people, and we ask that you would speak to us. On this day, may we learn to listen and hear. May we open our hearts and minds to the message of your story, of your scriptures, and also to the message that has been laid out for us as we walk through this story together. Be with us today in your son's name, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. If you were here last week, we decided to celebrate Epiphany early, and I thought this week I would just show you what is going on here. Now, it's kind of hard to see. Um, this is a picture of a calendar for— um, this is where we get our readings from. So up here, this is a Sunday. That was Christmas two weeks ago, right? So 12 days. This is the last day of Christmas. And here's Epiphany. That's the day when you're supposed to celebrate the wise men coming. So either we have a service on, on Friday, and I said I don't think any of you want to come on Friday. It's not that you wouldn't want to come. It's just not easy. And it's not like we have a time during the day or in the evening. It's just it's not practical. So we had to make the decision, or I did, I guess, because there's no one else to talk to but me about it. Are we going to do Epiphany on the 1st, or are we going to do it today? So you can do it early or you can do it late. And the reason we didn't want to do it late is because, and I know it's hard to read right here, but it says the first night after Epiphany, the baptism of our Lord. And that's why it's white. And I said that today is a feast day, and that's because today we celebrate Jesus' baptism. And Jesus' baptism is the next important step in his journey. Now, Epiphany is a word in Greek that just means um, revelation or manifestation. Or there's a more practical word. I don't know if I have it written in here. Appearance or manifestation. So the appearance of Jesus. And the idea is that Jesus is being revealed or he's being manifested or he is appearing to not just the Jewish people on Epiphany, but when the Magi come to the whole world. And I said last week with the Magi coming indicates that Jesus' birth shows that God's plan is going global. And that's because until Jesus' birth, God's plan was about the Jewish people. But now it's about all of the nations. But when we read things like in Isaiah, which we just read, we realize, well, wait a minute, God's story has actually always been about more than just the Jewish people. But we see this important transition. And so we need to observe that in the lectionary. Now, you're going to be wondering next, well, why do we care about the lectionary? Well, maybe you don't think that, but I want to tell you because churches have been doing the Christian calendar and all this stuff for years and years and years. No one ever tells you why we do it. Or maybe they do. I don't know if they do a good job. I love this picture. This helps us understand why exactly that we follow the lectionary and the, the Christian calendar. So Advent is the first part of the story of Jesus. Anticipation, waiting for Jesus to come. Christmas is that fancy word called incarnation, which means God becoming flesh. Or more accurately, I like to say, that is when we celebrate that, that Jesus has actually come. Because the Jewish people throughout their time had been waiting for their Savior to come to rescue them, and now he's come. And then all of a sudden Epiphany comes and it's about Revelation, and all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a minute. It's not just the Savior and the Messiah for the Jews. He's the Messiah and the Savior for the whole world. And so Epiphany is the season in the story of Jesus 
where we learn more about what is being shown to us about Jesus. And as people who follow Jesus, it's important for us to know more about him. Because as a church, if there's anything that we can offer the world, it's not to be the best entertainers. We're not going to have the best music in the world. We're not going to have the best service opportunities, the best whatever you want to put there. But the one thing that we can offer the world that no one else has is the story of Jesus. Because that is the one story that actually changes the world. That's the one story that transforms all of us and makes life different. And this is a story that we retell every year. We retell it from Advent until Pentecost. And then the rest of the year, it's called Ordinary Time. We kind of do whatever we need to do. Sometimes we do Bible sermon or like book studies. Sometimes like we did the Sermon on the Mount. But in general, you have these two sections of the calendar. And they come together to be a rhythm of faith to shape our life. We retell that story every year. And we're in the beginning of telling this story of Jesus. So it's important that we observe the calendar. It's important that we do the colors. It communicates something. It tells us something about the story. And Epiphany has some important points. It has the wise men coming, a really important part of the story. Then it has Jesus' baptism. Really important part of the story. And that's today. So today we get to ask the question, well, what is Jesus' baptism? Tell us, why does it matter? Why is it important? And to do that today, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. So if you want to follow along in the Pew Bible, that is in page 1376. So in here, if you want to follow along, 1376, it will be on the screen. Let's take a look at this story from Matthew. So this is how it starts. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And you, and do you come to me? So John's confused. So in Matthew's gospel, this is the first time we meet Jesus as an adult. There's a couple stories about him as a baby and as an adolescent. Then there's chapter three starts with John the Baptist, the one who paves the way for the Messiah. And now these two interact. And Jesus wants to be baptized by John, but John's like, well, wait a minute. I think you should be baptizing me. And so this is Jesus' response. Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. So I don't know about you, but every time I read this, I, I'm completely confused. I'm like, I don't know what it means to fulfill all righteousness. So this is what I can piece together for us. John, if we, already, if we were to look back earlier in chapter 3, John has already said the one who comes after him will baptize with fire, which is this image of purification. And so John is telling people, repent, because the one who's coming after me is going to purify you. So get purified now and get right with the way of God. And now Jesus comes and John's like, well, wait a minute. You don't need my baptism because you're the one that's supposed to purify us. And Jesus says, okay, but there's something about this baptism I need. And he says, it's going to fulfill all righteousness. And the best of what I can put together, there is in my Greek dictionary, a heading under the word for righteousness that says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 15, 
Righteousness is about this unstated will of God. Now that's probably a little bit of a theological interpretation, but that's how it always works whenever we're trying to understand what words mean. What basically is going on is Jesus says, this is an important part of the plan. It's for me to be baptized. So this should cue us in. Okay, something is going to happen. What is it that's going to happen? So this is what happens next. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. In that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So now we see that this is what's going to happen. Jesus comes out of the water, the heavens open, a voice speaks, and this dove-like creature falls on Jesus. And in Matthew, it's not clear who witnesses this. In some of the other gospels, the people there see it and hear it. One of the gospels, I didn't check this, so I could be wrong, but I feel it seems like one of them indicate for sure that only John and Jesus hear it. I could be wrong. This right here, it's not, it's not clear. But no, no matter what, Jesus and John are telling us now what they did encounter in that moment. Jesus is baptized. And when he comes out of the water, the skies open and a voice says, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And at the same time, the Spirit of God descends on him like a dove and he lights up or becomes shiny bright or the glory of God is revealed from him. This is a very important point in the life of Jesus. But it doesn't mean that we know exactly what's going on. It doesn't mean that we can, we need more of the story to know why this matters. Because this is what we do know. We know that the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus, which is not a normal thing at that time period. And we know that a voice says, this is my son whom I love. So we need to ask ourselves, okay, well, why is that important? And what does that mean? And this is why we need to remember that Jesus comes from the Jewish story, the Hebrew Bible. And if we go back to this passage from Isaiah, just a couple verses of it, this is what we're reminded. This is the first opening lines. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. Look right here what it says. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. Now this passage from Isaiah is one of a number of what scholars call the servant songs. A number of songs about this anointed, appointed servant from God who would come to save the Jewish people. And the Jewish people, as they meditated on these passages, began to develop this anticipation of a, a figure who would come who would save them. They called the Messiah, which just means the anointed one. And so they're waiting for this anointed one, and now Jesus gets baptized, and the Spirit descends upon him. That right now, if you keep talking about this, this is Jesus getting plugged right into this passage. Jesus is the one the Spirit falls on. He's the one who will bring justice to the nations. So all of a sudden, Jesus' baptism becomes very important for understanding who he is. 
Now, we've already had all of this anticipation in his birth, but now it's his adult ministry that's beginning, and it starts with this moment, a baptism where the Spirit of God descends upon him. And he is declared the Messiah, the Son of God, whom God loves. And if we say, okay, so this is who Jesus is. He is the Messiah, but what is he going to do? And we look at this next verse, and we get just a, just a hint. Throughout the servant songs, there's different images that come up, but we're just going to get a taste in these couple of verses. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching, the islands will put their hope. And then a little bit later, we already heard Carrie read it today. That's why we're not going to look at all of it again. It talks about how he will free the oppressed. And then there's the other passage in, famous in Luke chapter 4 where he quotes from a different passage in Isaiah that talks about all these things he's going to do, like bringing sight to the blind and, and uh, hearing to the deaf. So if you want to go look at that later, you can see an extended version of when Jesus claims to have this prophecy be about him. But for us today, what we need to realize is that this day is telling us something about Jesus. His baptism is important because Jesus' baptism confirms his identity and his mission. Now, we don't get to learn all about either of those things right now. That's what Epiphany is about, and that's actually what the rest of that growing season becomes about, and the rest of the story of the story of Jesus throughout the lectionary is learning about Jesus' mission and what he teaches and who he is. But it starts right here because Jesus' baptism confirms his identity. He is the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, the King of the world. And his mission is the mission of the Messiah, which is to come to rescue the people of the world from sin and death and to be their leader and to teach them in the way of God. Jesus' baptism confirms his identity and mission. So what does this have to say for our current world? Because this is what it matters. It's the 21st century. People don't just go to church unless they have a reason anymore. Why do we care about this? Why should our neighbors care about it? Why should we take the time to put it on the internet for people to see in a way that they will actually listen and their attention will be captured and they will watch to the end? Which actually takes a lot of work. Doing that kind of stuff is a full-time job for the people who are really good at it. Because it takes a lot of work to be that intentional. But it's worth it because, as we heard, and I'm not going to read the Acts passage again, but when you read that passage from Acts, this is what Peter is doing. Peter is explaining who Jesus was. And he's talking about how Jesus comes, not just for the Jewish people, but all of the nations of the world, to set them free, to be the one that shows God's glory, to be the one who brings them back to God. His baptism vindicates his mission, which was a mission for the whole world. Jesus' baptism confirms his identity and mission. His identity is that he is the chosen one, the, the king the anointed one of God, the Messiah. 
And his mission is to rescue God's people from sin, death, and the powers of evil and to show them how to fully live a human life. To help them get back to the garden. And that's what Jesus' identity and mission is about. But it's not something that we can learn about in one day. It's something that takes a lifetime. Every day we can learn more. Which is why it's so important for one, for us to be here, to be a part of the community of God's people, to make it a priority. If this is what we believe, if this story of the lectionary, of the story of the Christian year, is the story that is our story, we need to give all of ourselves to learning about it into becoming a student of it, into becoming someone who knows Jesus. Because that's the invitation. The invitation is that the Messiah, the King of the world, the Creator, not only is your Lord and Savior, but He wants to be your friend. And He wants to know you personally. He wants to hear from you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to be with you. He wants you. Not for what you can do, but because of who you are. Because he made you and he loves you. Jesus' baptism confirms his identity and his mission. So in this Epiphany Day, this is an important part of the story of Jesus. His identity is affirmed in a very public way. And it plugs him right into that story. Right into that passage from Isaiah. And with Epiphany, we're going to continue to explore over the next couple of weeks more about Jesus' identity. And I think next week, I haven't confirmed this, but usually the first week after his baptism is his first miracle, which is the miracle from John. So I think that's what next week is. I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I, I might mention it or I might just not say anything. And then any of you who notice next week can tell me afterwards, hey, you were wrong about that. But the one thing we have for the world is this story. It's the one thing that the world can't offer us. And it's the one thing that we actually need. So let us enter this story. Let us make it part of our lives. And may we not forget that Jesus' baptism confirms his identity and mission. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today as your people. And we hear this story that is your story. And we hear this story about your son's baptism, the moment when you chose to publicly proclaim his identity in a very clear way so that people could remember it and know who he was and what he was about. And you show us in his baptism that he is your anointed Messiah, the one who was appointed to come and save and rule the world. And that he came with the mission of rescuing us from sin and evil and death and restoring us to a life of holiness and love and harmony with you. Lord, may that be the life we strive to live. May we continue to learn more about your son and to make it our commitment to know him personally. And we ask this, Lord, in your Son's name, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.